0: Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, October 21st. We begin with another conversation with one of the many new faces on City Council following Monday's civic election. Today we meet Ward 5 Councillor Raj Dhaliwal.
1: Next, it's a phenomenon that's been going on for years that you may or may not have noticed. We learn about shrinkflation, which involves some of our favourite products being downsized while we pay the same price as the previously larger sized portions.
0: Are you getting enough hours of quality sleep each night? We speak with a concord a university sleep researcher who explains the importance of sleep to our overall health and to discuss whether or not it's possible to catch up on sleep.
1: And finally, he's been called one of the 100 most creative people alive today by Entertainment Weekly magazine. We speak with Rick Miller, actor, writer and director about his latest production, Boom YZ, now playing at Theatre Calgary.
0: Introducing Calgarians to the fresh batch of city councillors elected this week, It continues, and uh, this morning we're joined by Ward 5 City Councillor Raj Dhaliwal. Good morning, Councillor Dhaliwal. Good
2: morning. Thank you for having me. Good morning to all your listeners.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Uh, We're going to get into your inspiration to to running uh, for City Council. We'll get there in a second, but the the, the topic at hand that everybody is uh, kind of focused on right now, uh, kind of the election fallout, is the controversy surrounding Ward 4 current Councillor Sean Chu. What are your thoughts? Should Sean Chu remain? I mean, obviously, uh, we were wondering, uh, you know, the results of this recount, but uh, should he, uh, you know, come ahead with that recount? Should he remain Ward 4 Councillor?
2: Well, I was, first of all, I was surprised and shocked what I heard. And uh, and I, I believe Mr. Chu have many questions to answer. And uh, those uh, those answers are pending. And uh, from Iran, on a campaign of inclusiveness and making especially cities safe for all, but most importantly for our women and girls. Girls, and uh, I hope Mr. Tudor do the right thing and step aside and let uh, let uh, the investigation happen, and uh, and give a chance uh, to someone uh, to represent board four.
1: Let's talk about that, Raj, a little bit more. I, when I go to your website, to listen, respect, empower. Those are the first three words that you see. And, and even in your statement, you say Ward 5, one of the most diverse and dynamic areas in the city. So what was it that inspired you to step up and to want to represent this ward?
2: Well, I've been in the, uh, involved in the community for many years now. And I heard from people, many of them, especially after last year's hailstorm, storm disconnected with the city council they felt uh, yes uh, council was there with help but it was a little late Uh, but also last four years uh, there was lots of good things done so my inspiration was to move our vote 5 forward and pick up what was done and build on it and make uh, vote 5 one of the best votes to live in and make it the it vote that was my inspiration
0: all right, let's talk about, you know, we like to get to know the candidates and, you know, their background or their interests before going into office and, and even when you have free time. Raj, tell us about yourself personally.
2: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a father, uh, I'm a brother, I'm a husband, I'm a neighbor, I'm all of that. And i uh, worked uh, for many years now and 10 plus years in the uh, in oil and gas sector. Um, I, yeah, as I said, I, I like to spend my time with my family, give time to them. And uh, whatever time I can devote, I do it to the volunteerism. I've been volunteering with Calgary Public Library for many years now. I was on the board of Northeast Family Connections where I was able to help many Northeast residents with their needs. So my, my job is always to, to build my community stronger and, uh, and work with, uh, with them shoulder to shoulder, whatever initiatives there are.
1: A fantastically diverse new council, many, many new faces, and I think that really pleases Calgarians as a whole. But what do you do, particularly you yourself, Raj? Are you speaking to any of the old councillors, or how do you get some, uh, some help moving forward as to you know, what your job is going to be like? What, what, how you're going to do the things that you're asked to do in the city?
2: No, that's an excellent question. Definitely, and that's I believe in collaboration. I believe in reaching out uh, to to everybody. Definitely, I'm uh, I'm talking to current counselors. Uh, I'm I'm getting their input. I'm asking them some questions that uh, that will help me. Definitely, I'm gonna I'm gonna I have already reached out to our our previous counselor. I'm gonna sit down with him and uh, pick his brain. And uh, yeah, it's all about collaboration, reaching out to. And my 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 campaign was. always always not about politics it was always how can we uplift our community in vote five
0: councillor daliwal while we all uh, you know have started new jobs and we know the learning curve the feeling of newness and trying to get up to speed can you give us an idea of what's ahead in the next uh, days and, and weeks for you as far as you know learning the position and, and getting things set up
2: yeah, no, and uh, I think that this week is going to be mostly getting the, oriented to how the city council is going to work, what are the protocols, what are the processes. So once they are, once I know them, then move forward to Monday, which is a big day. Uh, we're going to take oath and get to work and and put my staff together and start helping Calgarians. And in next co- coming weeks, I'm going to definitely, again, like I said, I'm going to work with uh, all the people around me, be it at council or in the community to learn and, and move forward
1: Welcome to City Council, Raj. We're excited and can't wait to see all the good hard work that you and your counterparts will be doing for us here in the City of Calgary. Thanks for joining us this morning.
2: Thank you for giving me time and thank you to all Ward 5 residents for putting their trust and faith in me and let's uh, move forward uh, with Ward 5 and make uh, Calgary the best city in uh, in the
1: world.
0: Raj Dhaliwal, Ward 5 City Councillor. It's going to be very interesting and you know, I think that we're all ready for a council to work in unison. You had uh, so many different people, uh, you know, with with different backgrounds in their private lives. And I love that. You Mm -hmm. know, that's what the beauty of a new counselor is take from your private life. What were you really strong at? What experience can you bring? And I hope we don't see a lot of drama. There will be because anytime you have a group and so many decisions to be made, uh, but it will be interesting to really get to know these counselors when we start to see them in action and find out what kind of a flavor they are as far as, you know, which direction are they going in? Yeah. um, You know, and we've had uh, Diane, call your card. Uh, you know ward 13 counselor who, who who didn't make it on through she was fab fantastic just fabulous worked so hard yeah, for the city passionate absolutely.
1: about her ward and the entire city of california
0: major health care uh you know yeah. background before that in fact while in office i think she ended up assisting or if not saving the lives of a couple of people y- you're right um, so it, it's going to be we're going to know these we're, we're introducing them this week on, on our program and on the drive with mm-hmm. ted henley But we're going to really get to know these names. We'll know them like the back of our hands in in six months or a year.
1: Packaging seems to be getting smaller, but the price isn't. Experts are calling this shrinkflation and joining us to better understand why this is happening and what exactly is going on. We're joined this morning by Stefan Reed, who is the SVP Engagement Advisory Strategy and Practice Lead at Jackman in Toronto. Good morning, Stefan. Thanks for joining us.
3: Hey good morning pleasure to be here.
1: Okay so is that the gist of it that the product stays the 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 product goes I'll spit that out better. The price stays the same, the product gets smaller and we the consumer gets ripped off. What exactly is happening here?
3: Yeah, you you nailed it. I mean your listeners will probably know about inflation, right where prices go up so you end up paying more for the same thing. And shrinkflation is really similar to that. In fact, it's caused by a lot of the same factors. But rather than paying more money for the same amount, you pay the same price and get less stuff. And it does typically show up in manufacturer's shrinking packages size. And that's why we get this sort of, you know, silly name of shrinkflation.
0: Can we point, uh, Stefan, to where it started? Is there one, you know, a product line, if you will, or type of product that we started to see this first? Yeah, it's really been across
3: the board. I mean, we've seen really high inflationary pressure on a lot of uh, the sort of input costs, to food prices across the board. So whether that's, you know, the increased transportation costs because fuel prices are up, rising food commodity prices driven in part by things like fires and droughts here in North America or flooding in Europe, and of course, increased labor costs. And all of that trickles through to manufacturers and they have really just a few choices, right? Do they swallow that cost and take the hit to their bottom line? Do they try to change up the ingredients, which is really complicated, or do they raise the price or shrink the packaging, which is a little bit more sneaky and hope that consumers won't notice.
1: Yeah. And is that the thing? I mean, aren't we a little more savvy these days? And, and, and we're, we can be very, you know, loyal to a brand and we can also walk away from it pretty quickly. So do the companies hope that we just don't notice the product size is shrinking?
3: I think that's a little bit of it. I mean, I was looking at an example of a couple orange juice manufacturers and what they did is they left the, like what we would see on the shelf, they left the bottle kind of looking the same, but they put a, a bubble in the bottom of the juice bottle, so they reduced the total amount of liquid that was in those bottles. Oh. And I have to look at that and think, yeah, they're trying to pull one over mm. on us.
0: Trying to pull one over on us. And, and I wonder uh, if, if we can expect it to get maybe worse with supply chain issues uh, that we're hearing about. And, you know, people are saying that we should even start shopping as it's October 21st for Christmas stuff right now.
3: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. You know, um we're looking at what the Bank of Canada is going to do and how they're thinking about it, and they think that this is pretty transitory, and so that it'll kind of work its way through the supply chains. But then you look at, well, you know, food prices are expected to cost the average family of four up to $700 more per year this year, which is the biggest increase we've ever seen. So it's hard for me to think that this is really going to go away. You know, we know from experience that, once manufacturers can raise their prices or give you uh, less for more, it's really un- uh, unlikely that they're going to unwind that.
1: So, Stefan, do, you, do we go for the generic products then? Is that a better buy for us? I mean, how consume, can consumers sort of get the biggest bang for their buck at this point if, if the companies are, are shrinking the product and still charging us the same?
3: Yeah, I think there are a few good tactics. That's certainly one of them. You know, the private label alternatives that grocers will produce and put on their shelves. They're typically very similar products with similar ingredients, but at a lower price because you're not paying for that national brand premium. But there are other things too, like there are apps like Flip and Save Whale, which will help you you know, find coupons for your local uh, co-op or, or or Safeway. And um, you that know, we're seeing a rise in what we're calling Enjoy Tonight uh, eating, which is really foods that are close to their uh, best before date. And there are apps like things like uh, Flash Food, that so will help consumers find those and purchase them at a lower price, mm-hmm. and I think we're going to see a lot more adoption of those types of uh, behaviors from consumers.
0: I mean, those are the deals to be had, Stefan. But I'm, I'm wondering, we have to be our own advocates, and it's something that I do quite uh, frequently. For example, if you look at toilet paper, certain grocery stores will have the tag and the price, and then they'll have the price per unit, so you know how much you're paying per roll, so you can really compare. Because if you're looking at a 24 pack versus an 18 pack or whatever it might be we just really have to be more diligent is that the case i think you're exactly right and you know it's it's funny uh it grocers only
3: have to do that type of price tag labeling in in quebec it's, it's mandatory but outside of quebec it, they, they don't have to and so you know for me i think this is a place where grocers can really start to show that they're on the side of the consumer by showing those per unit costs and being really transparent about what uh, what's actually happening
1: It's a fascinating discussion. I know our listeners are already starting to text in the products they've noticed where the packaging is getting smaller and the price stays the same. So thanks for joining us, Stefan. Appreciate your time.
3: It was my pleasure. Thanks so much.
1: Stefan Reed, SVP Engagement Advisory Strategic Practice Lead at Jackman's Reinvents in Toronto. And have you noticed some products where... The, the size of the, the packaging itself has gotten smaller, but you sure don't notice any decrease in the price. Bacon is the first one that comes to my mind, and somebody yeah. texted in about that this morning already, too. It used
0: to be a pound of bacon. It's well, not anymore. 455, or now it's like, what, 375, 380? It's smaller, and you can actually notice that just because of the size of the pieces. And if you're savvy, it's in your hand. You feel the weight. One of the areas I noticed the most, and it was more seasonal, this is... Clear as day, but because it happens annually, I think a lot of people don't clue in. The Halloween candy that we give out. Yes. The little mini bars, it's probably better for our health, although <laughs> let's be honest. But if it takes now if there's like half the size, I'm gonna eat two of those little Mars bars. Right. But yeah, those were one of the first, and those candies and those chocolate bars aren't cheap, same price. Less chocolate.
1: Yeah, Marina is the one who said the bacon definitely gone from 500 to 375 grams. Somebody else just said chips ahoy. The cookies, look how small they are now.
0: See, and I thought it was because my hands were smaller back then (laughs) and they seemed bigger.
1: And, you know, other examples, potato chips. If you notice, there's less in the bag. The bag stays the same. There's just more air in it. Cereal boxes, they have certainly changed the size, the shape, the amount. They're thinner. And even the box is a different shape. Yeah, but they're but charging far more for cereal than they ever did. Um, orange juice, as, uh, as Stefan was just saying, putting a bottle, a bubble in the bottom of the bottle, so less looks, volume, oh, but looks yes. exactly the same. Yeah, curious, what, which ones are you seeing? What products have you really noticed over time that they've changed the packaging, made it smaller? You're getting less for sure, but same you're price. certainly paying the same price.
0: Let us know. Text line always open, 403-974-8255.
1: You shrunk it. You know you
3: shrunk it. Just tell me you shrunk it. I shrunk it.
1: Can we really ever catch up on sleep? And what are the consequences of being sleep deprived? Joining us this morning to help us better understand the importance of sleep is Dr. Tan Dang Vu, Concordia University Research Chair in Sleep, Neuroimaging and Cognitive Health, as well as Vice President of Research at the Canadian Sleep Society. Good morning to you, Tan.
4: Good morning, Sue.
1: Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Being in early morning radio, we whine a lot about being tired. So my first question to you is, uh, explain a little bit about sleep debt, and can we catch up on lost sleep? Well,
4: sleep debt is when people don't sleep the time that they should be sleeping. So on average, people need about eight hours of sleep, but some people need a bit less, some people need a bit more. And the, the the amount of sleep you need really depends on, on how on what uh, amount of sleep makes you feel refreshed during the day. So a lot of people in society sleep less than they should, and that's called sleep death. And uh, when you have sleep death, then you can experience a variety of different problems, like uh, being uh, being less be less productive, uh, being uh, less attentive, having memory problems in the day. So all of this is, uh, can, can lead to consequences also in terms of metabolic health. So having a higher risk of diabetes, for example. So there are a variety of risks that are serious with sleep debt. So um, now how you can compensate on sleep debt is basically on trying to sleep enough. So some people are trying to catch up on sleep by sleeping longer times in the weekends, which is which only partially compensates for this problem because uh, this this won't, uh, this won't have an effect on your functioning during the week and uh, also that's only a short term solution. Other people nap and napping could be a good thing if you're able to nap but <clears throat> i mean most of, most people who, are, who lack sleep don't take the time say to nap. And nap can be also a double-edged sword because you want to snap enough time, but not too long. Otherwise, you might decrease your capacity to sleep at night as right. well. So being between 20 to 30 minutes is what is usually recommended for an adult.
0: So, Dr. Deng Vu, I'm wondering then, when you say that you're sleeping a, a tremendous amount more on the weekend it doesn't, add to that quote unquote like kind of a sleep bank if you will The napping does is that because the napping occurs the same day and it, that's added to the total or are you trying to get it within that eight hours a day
4: yeah exactly so that that's the, that's the reason but even actually if you do nap we know from studies that you don't necessarily decrease the risk for uh, metabolic problems so if napping is, is great because it can make you feel refreshed and then and then sort of compensate for the effects on your cognitive function, makes sense. So you're able to better function uh, and better perform after that. Uh, especially if you do what's called power hour nap, or so a 20 minutes nap. But if you do a uh, nap, it doesn't, for example, decrease uh, the, the risk of uh, sleep restriction or sleep death on increased risk of diabetes or increased metabolic risk. So we have to be aware that you know that doesn't solve all the problems. So the, I mean, the best solution is to try to, uh, to 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 accommodate your your needs for a nighttime sleep.
1: So when you talk about cognitive function, what is the impact on our brain when we don't get enough sleep? So
4: when you don't get enough sleep, what happens is that you see there's a lot of things that happen in your brain that helps you better function during the day. We know that during sleep, for example, um, the brain is able to better um, clear the waste products produced by our brain. So this, you know, this helps our brain sort of restore its, uh, its, its function. It's also known that during sleep, uh, connections are strengthened in different parts of the brain, have us to better memorize what we've learned the previous day. Uh, and, uh, and so all this is really happy, helping us um, perform uh, and be more atten- attentive, having better concentration, having better memory, having better capacity to make informed decisions during the day.
0: I'm wondering, you know, we we talk about the different effects of sleep on our life and, uh, you know, maybe some health issues if we're not getting enough sleep. What about a connection between sleep and aging? Can we draw a parallel? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, so that's a very good question. So when we uh, grow older, when we become uh, older, then what happens is that our sleep naturally changes. Our sleep becomes uh, less deep, more shallow with more awakenings in the night. It becomes slightly shorter as well. These are normal changes with sleep, and that shouldn't be a problem for most people. But of course, it puts uh, uh, it places older people at higher risk for sleep problems because sleep is more uh, vulnerable, more fragmented, Uh, and and we know that uh, or we think that some of the problems of uh, memory that can occur with aging, uh, some 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 even disorders of aging uh, in terms of cognitive problems might be uh, increased by uh, poor sleep. So, um, so this is why, as we age, it's even more important to try to uh, respect a good sleep hygiene, a good sleep schedule, and take care of, uh, of, uh, of of our sleep.
1: Doctor, what's actually happening to our brain when we sleep? Is it doing any sort of regeneration, or what does it look like when when the body is asleep? But what's the brain doing?
4: So that's so when when uh, when you sleep. Our brain is not uh, shutting down, so our brain is actually re- reorganizing its activity. So instead of being active in different parts of the brain, doing different functions differently, so our brain is basically uh, producing different rhythms that uh, reflect the fact that our neurons are discharging and 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 and, and basically recovering uh, synchronously. So at the same time across a uh, wide uh, a large number of regions. So these different patterns of, um, of uh, neural function makes us better uh, able to uh, remake, uh, re-strengthen connections between different parts of the brain. That's just what, what I was saying. So that's what's called brain plasticity. So brain is, is basically functioning in a different way and that allows us to, um, to better strengthen memories, for example.
0: One last quick question here. Um, Can you give us just a a little bit of a checklist of those things we should have in order before we go to bed to help promote the best sleep possible and the most restful sleep possible to us?
4: Yeah, so um, so the thing is just, Try to uh, first respect the regular sleep schedule because that helps our brain be informed of uh, of our timing of sleep and help us have a better sleep. So basically trying to get to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time. Trying to get enough sleep opportunities, of course, so uh, eight hours uh, is the average for most people. It could be less, it can be more. Trying to... Um, Trying to to also um, decrease our old stressful activities at night, so prioritizing and relaxing activities. So especially uh, trying to avoid things related to work. <laughs> um, for example, I try to do uh, you know, uh, reading, stretching, or anything that makes us more relaxed. Trying also to avoid uh, intense uh, um, uh, you know uh, uh, emotional experience like you know watching uh, intense movies mm-hmm. or being exposed also to a very bright light in the, in the evening it can be problematic because it wakes our brain up so uh so you know prioritize dark environments and of course for a sleep environment uh trying to to sleep in a in a in a dark and silent place uh, uh avoid having a tv uh in your know, bedroom for example is also good because that can be a source of uh, of uh, stimulation <clears throat> if you're watching mm-hmm. some, some some shows. So all the things that can help you uh, better sleep. And also, uh, last but not least, trying to stay active in the day. Oh, yes. The physical activity is something that can also help you a good one uh, better sleep at night. Uh, so uh, remember to stay active. It's good for your health and it's good for your sleep.
1: For sure. Thank you. Great reminders. Appreciate your time this morning. Excellent information. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Dr. Tan Dang Vu, Concordia University Research Chair in Sleep, Neuroimaging, and Cognitive Health.
0: Well, Entertainment Weekly calls him one of the most 100 creative people alive today. An actor, writer, and director, Rick Miller joins us this morning to talk about his new production, Boom YZ. Good morning to you, Rick. Good morning. You know, it's cliche when you say this is a show like you've never seen before. I'm going to describe it as a show like you've never seen before. Tell us about your solo show, Boom YZ. What can people expect at Theatre Calgary?
5: Well, uh, it's the third part of a trilogy of shows that have all premiered in Calgary. Uh, Boom, Boom X, and Boom YZ. And they each cover 25 years of history and culture uh, through sort of a personal family lens. Boom was the story of baby boomers and it uh, covered um, pretty much all the way to the moon landing. Boom X was uh, the Gen X story, it was sort of seen through my own uh, upbringing coming of age. And Boom YZ is the story of Generation Y, who are millennials, and Generation Z, who are kids born after millennials, so my kids. And so it's this, se- all in all, it's a 75-year scope. But the show, Boom YZ... He's the last 25 years. And I know in the last minute on your radio program, you mentioned Trump and Putin and social media and even Nickelback. Right. These are all things that have made, uh, you know, have been part of our lives for the last 25 years and have kind of defined where we are. So it's a show about the last 25 years. But more importantly, it's a show about where we are now, how we got here and where we're going
1: Fascinating, Rick, a, a guy plays more than 100 characters. How do you pull this off? Tell people, kind of, you know, give them a visual. What's it look like?
5: Yeah, well, uh, I mean, the visuals of the show, you can get a look at it at boomwise.com or theatercalgary.com. It's a really spectacular visual show with a lot of multimedia. I'm floating in the air for a lot of it, literally on a harness. Cool. But I play, I play 100 characters, which I've been doing in all my shows for a long time. It's just what I do, and people... I, it's not that they've come to expect it. It's just what I, I take great pleasure in doing is, is throwing myself into the voice of a lot of other people, a lot of singers. You know, you've got you know Lady Gaga and a whole bunch of different stuff, but not just like hip hop singers, but like Leonard Cohen and, and Joni Mitchell. It's a show I think for for all ages, and the ideal is that you bring someone from another generation so you could experience it, have a conversation about it, because ultimately. It, it gets pretty intense at times, just the way our world gets pretty intense at times. It's not just light and fluffy nostalgia. It really is trying to tackle, like, how we cancel each other out, even generationally. You know, the OK Boomer thing discounts older people and, you know, young entitled snowflake millennials discounts <laughs> young people.
0: Rick, tell you don't have a normal job. Let's be honest. <laughs> you don't sit at a desk and, <laughs> you know, get the TPS reports across the your desk and have to type things up. I'm wondering, you know, how do you get your material as far as, is this something you sit down with a pen and a pad or at the computer, or do these ideas just come to you?
5: Uh, It's interesting. I don't quite know. You you know, you talk to a lot of artists, and, you know, some get these magical inspirations. I I have to work hard at my ideas, and I sit there for probably a couple of years researching and writing, and that includes testing material off a, a great team of collaborators but I, I sit there and I listen, and I'm a guy who talks a lot. You know, I just said I do 100 voices in the show, but I also listen pretty well. And I think as Canadians, we're, we're good listeners to our big neighbors down in the south. We watch, hopefully we learn, try not to imitate <laughs> too much of what they do badly. And I don't know, I just kind of take it in and then assemble it and create this. It's like um, a, a bit of a time capsule, a multimedia time capsule that I then inhabit. I then go and play everybody in the documentary and that takes a few years of getting it right. But when it, when it, when it is right, it really is quite unique. This, this show is going to be unlike even the first two shows in the trilogy, which you don't have to have seen at all. It's independent. And it, it's just, I think it's going to be a pretty special experience, especially for folks who haven't seen theater in 20 months. And exactly. that's most of
1: us. Yeah, we're missing it for sure. It looks like an awesome show. Thank you so much for joining us, Rick. We'll be there front and center for sure. Appreciate your time Thanks this morning. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate it. Bye That's bye. Rick Miller, who's the actor, the writer, the director, all he's everything behind the new production of Theatre Calgary at Boom YZ. That's what the show is called. And again, you can go online, get your tickets and more info at theatercalgary.com.
0: Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast.
1: Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play or wherever you find your podcasts.
0: And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.